0: Amana, and KitchenAid. Shop Lyle's and Jensen's Home Furnishings for the lowest prices on the area's largest selection. Lyle's and Jensen's Home Furnishings, across from the Nugget Mall. Alaska's Newsmakers. Action Line KINY. Welcome to Action Line. Ken Smith here with our representative from Juno, Sarah Hannon. Welcome. Good morning, Ken. Nice to see you this morning. Oh, it's a pleasure to see you. You're you're a, a ball of joy and energy. <laughs> I'm not sure all my former students
1: or my husband would say that, but yeah, it's a it's it's a peppy morning.
0: Yes, yeah, so uh, the legislature is about to start the 33rd legislative session. This is a very exciting time for myself. Having lived in Alaska for 15 years, I've never lived in Juneau, and I've never really paid much attention to what goes on in the legislative bills and such in detail like I will this year. And to meet everybody in person is fun, too. Yeah. Because usually it's, you you never see, you guys are always uh, something in a press release or on TV, but we very rarely meet you in person in the legislative halls.
1: Well, you know, now that you live in the (laughs) capital city, you'll find that that's not true. (laughs) That, you know, it is a huge sector of our economy in Juneau is tied to being the capital. And part of that is hosting the legislature. And, you know, we have over 400 jobs affiliated with legislative work here in the capital city. Some of those are uh, seasonal session only, but we've got a whole bunch of employees who are year round residents of Juneau who maintain the building and keep the print shop going. And, um, you know, all of the infrastructure that it takes to keep that kind of an industry functioning.
0: It's funny because I've only been here for three weeks now, <laughs> and I lived in Sitka last year. I lived in, uh, you know, mostly in Anchorage and in so, that area f- for 12 years. And then Ketchikan and Haynes, I've, I've had brief uh, time at, as a radio personality and news director. But I was like a tourist, you know, going into the the state capitol and there was a tour group going around in the hallway. And I was like, it's winter and they get tour groups going on in the, in the capitol. And, and I just kind of hung in the back and went along with them. And it's a beautiful interior too. It's-
1: yeah, it is a fabulous building and we should promote that the, uh, the city museum has docents and tour guides who give his tours of the historic building. And of course they're not regularly scheduled in the winter because our tour season is, has fallen off but they are available and um during the legislature legislative page and legislative offices give tours and um you know it's an it, an interesting capital because it wasn't built as a capital building which is why it doesn't oh, have a rotunda. It was built as a te- the territorial capital seat. So, at one point, it had all of the territorial government. It had courtroom and a jail. It had the post office. You know, and when you, when you get the historic tour given by the docents, and they're talking about it, you can see it. And, uh, you know, one of the jokes, and I think we're down to having only one vault, but there used to be about four vaults in the building, because, again, it had a revenue department and it had a treasury department, and I think the courtroom, which is now the former courtroom is the Senate finance room and had judges chambers off of it with private bathrooms, you know, so there's kind of a a few sneaky sneaks Mm -hmm. in there. But um, it has served as the territory served then as the territorial capital building and converted to being the capital building once we became a state.
0: Well, I lived in the first capital Sitka, but I don't. Well, the first capital was actually Kodiak. What?
1: Oh, you know, so... that one? Well, Russia, uh, Russian contact. So Kodiak, technically, we go back to the first capital in the new world. It was Kodiak. Then it was Sitka under the territory. Mm-hmm. And then
0: yeah. uh, Alaska, uh, then Juneau. You know, I lived in yeah. that city last year. And I don't recall, where is the capital building? Well, there was never a capital building because it, wasn't? Was, <laughs> it was just the territory. Ah, okay. Right, okay. so
1: when the U.S., you, uh, in the Treaty of Session uh, quote acquired it which yeah. you know that's a, a word that we could debate whether it was a fair and legal transaction <laughs> but that uh, transaction from Russian control to U.S. control
0: mm. it was just a territory. So, And uh, when they were pulling down the Russian flag it got stuck.
1: Yeah. And, that's, <laughs> and remember as a territorial it was um, a military garrison. It was a territory controlled by the military. So Castle Hill and Sitka and and the um, um, cannon, you know, that mm. those are the historic relics from the time of the military mm-hmm. presence and control.
0: Well, let's get into the legislative session that's coming up. And uh, do we have a House speaker, leader? We,
1: we do not have a House organization yet <laughs> um, this week. So, so today is actually the first formal day of new uh, staff training and most of them came on pay on Monday this week, and then they're in. They've got three days of new staff training. New legislative training um, is the next two days, Thursday and Friday. Uh, freshmen had some training in December, also. But um, all of that is background to say people are arriving and um, discussions around it shift face to face versus. Uh, You know, doing them telephonically or distance-wise. So um, I'm still optimistic that we're going to see a House organization in the next week or so.
0: How come we don't do this, uh, do all this ahead of time?
1: Oh well. (laughs) Well, okay. So let me give you the teacher lesson. The plan is to do it all ahead of time, right? Um, My, I was first election in November of 2018 for the session that began in. 2019, and that was the first time. So the house was divided politically. So the reason we don't is because nobody can get to the math of having a. You need 21 votes. It's a 40 member legislature, so you need 21 to organize. And in 2018, after that election cycle, uh, there were not 21 votes who all united about behind one speaker. Uh, we went 30, 30 or 31 days in 2019 before we organized and uh, reelected to be Speaker uh, Bryce Edgman from Dillingham, who had been the Speaker in the previous session. Um, and there were many unknowns at that point, you know, from staff hirings, uh, people who had, you know, if you were an ongoing legislator and you had somebody who had worked for you, and now what happens if you don't have authorization to keep them going? Does their health care lapse? Uh, office assignments, parking slips. How do you, you know, the mechanics of how do you keep that industry going because much of it is determined based on an organization and then the speaker grants authorization for hires. So without that, um, we came up ways to Uh, Agree to do things to keep everything flowing and um, had a speaker pro tem to go do the swearing in. So we were not stalled out like Congress was without being able to have even members sworn in. We swore members in on that first day with a speaker pro tem, but we couldn't get to 21 votes. Um, In my second term, after the 2020 election, going into January of 21, the same thing happened. We could not get to 21 people united behind a speaker and a leadership team. Um, and then we took 35 days and um, I was member of a governing coalition again that supported Louise Stutz, a Republican from Kodiak, as being speaker in the 32nd legislature. Um, and of course, everyone hopes that you get a bigger margin of supporters in your next election cycle, but come to this past election cycle... Um, We didn't get a bigger margin. And instead, what we've ended up with is in the House, we have 19 freshmen. Now that's freshmen of Republican, Democrats and independents. There are 19 members of the body who are freshmen. Um, 17 of them are true freshmen in that they've not served in the legislature before. Two of them are former legislators who ran again. They'd been out for at least two terms. Um, so some people say it's 17 first, but we've got 19 new people. Um, I am a member of a group of folks There were 19 of us sort of allied together, Democrats, independents, and uh, Republican speaker stutes. And then there were, there are. 19 Republicans in another faction. So depending on how you move the players, you got to get to 21 and everybody's close. You know, you got 19 and you go, I just need two more people on my team. And then I'm there. The reality is that having a caucus of 21 is not very uh, functional because every person basically has a veto power. Because if you're one vote down, you can't do, you know, if you're 2020 a tie in the legislature is a fail right you have to have more votes so to even advance a bill you've got to have 21 votes even if you're not going to pass it but to move it from second reading to third reading for passage so you want more than 21 members we functioned last uh the 32nd legislature in the house with a 21 member governing caucus um and we'll see you know but the reason we aren't is because we are equally divided in political numbers <laughs> that's why
0: <laughs> do you have anybody that you think is leading the way for who the you know house that speaker might you know be? that
1: ken that's way too um internal and sensitive <laughs> to the relationships um I to you know, try. Y- yeah every reporter has to try <laughs> and i always say um think of this as a marriage yeah or at least a dating relationship And I better be talking to the people in my relationship more than I'm talking about it on social media or with reporters or even my therapist. Mm. I need to be talking to the other people. So these are ongoing dialogues between 40 people about a relationship that's Destined to last two years, and they're sensitive. And of course, I have my favorites. Mm. You know, I have people that I have stronger relationships and support and political alliance with. But well, it's um, your
0: third term. Perhaps you're the speaker. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. Well, <laughs> you know, that's kind of a crazy idea. But, um, you know, why all is it things, a crazy uh, idea? Well, in that um, I am a very solid Democrat and certainly am perceived that way. And, uh, you know, we we have equal numbers of Republicans and we have more Republicans serving in the House. And I doubt that ma- many of those folks campaign on the, I'd never work with a Democrat mm-hmm. now. I've, I've taken the other approach, right? I am personally a very stru- strong Democrat, but I spent 30 years as an educator. And the thing you know in a classroom is you have to work with everyone, whether you like them or you don't like them. Your job as an educator is to work with everyone. And so trying to separate some of my personal view from what we can do collectively, but uh, not everyone comes to the business understanding that. I think everyone who's in politics for any length of time comes to understand it, but especially when you're brand new and if you've campaigned on the, I won't work with the other side, It's hard to vote for a leadership position of somebody on the other side. But, um, you know, there are 40 people and any one of us could be speaker. So thank you for
0: your vote of confidence. Well, you speak well. (laughs) Thank you. You speak like an educator. Spent a lot of years. (laughs) (laughs) How did a teacher end up in the political forum?
1: Well... You know, it's not. I, I shouldn't
0: say yeah. that because Don Young was a teacher. Don Young before was he a teacher. A there are
1: a lot of uh, educators actually who've served in the uh, legislature. Ben Grusendorf from Sitka, <clears throat> who, gosh, I think he was in 20 years and he was a teacher. We've just elected. I, I am one of. Uh, so Dan Ortiz from Ketchikan is a retired classroom teacher. Um, but we have just elected uh, Andy Josephson from Anchorage. Uh, is a lawyer, but he spent a few years as a teacher. Mia Costello from Anchorage spent a few years being a teacher. She actually taught here in Juneau. She did not win re-election in the Senate. Um, but we have just elected to the Alaska legislature three classroom teachers who were teaching this fall. So they are taking leaves of absence from the classroom. Maxine Dybert in Fairbanks is an elementary teacher, and um, she was in the classroom finishing things up last week. Uh, Rebecca Hemshoot, independent from Sitka, was in the classroom last fall and is going to be with us in the house uh, this session. And then uh, senator elect Jesse Bjorkman of Nikiski down on the Kenai, a freshman senator. Um, and, you know, he's a young man with with two kids, uh, one in school here, whose first day at Harborview Elementary was yesterday, and um, a four year old and a wife who uh, has a job that she can do remotely. And so he's relocated his family, and they are Junoites for the rest of the school year. And we're excited to have them, but they are teachers. Um, to me, it's not a strange leap; it's a hard leap to be a classroom teacher and then walk away in the middle of the school year. You know, so to their their classes, there's a disruption, a transition, but their school districts have them on leaves of absence. Um, but I would say, when I first got elected, and people ask what you know the hard thing about your job, and I would say controlling my teacher urges. Um, you know, as a teacher, you do a lot of sc- screwing up your face and saying to the kid is you know you don't have to say anything you give them that teacher stink eye of nope, don't throw that spitball and you don't get to do that as a lawmaker but your skills of working with people are clear you have to be able to work with a diversity of skills talents beliefs um, and move forward and I think that teachers make actually great legislators
0: Yeah, very good. And they're good talkers. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be right back. I'm talking with Sarah Hannon, our representative here in the studio at KINY on Action Line. When we come back, we'll talk about your bill that's been uh, put out, and uh, it's very exciting. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about it. Welcome back to Action Line. Ken Smith here with our representative, Sarah Hannon. You have a town hall today.
1: We do. The uh, Juno delegation, so Senator Jesse Keel, Representative Andy Storey, and myself are hosting a community town hall tonight, Wednesday, uh, January 11th at Zonta Middle School from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. We'll make short opening remarks and then open it up from questions so we can hear from people what they want to share.
0: Is this typically popular?
1: It is. Uh, you're new to Juno, but one of the things to know is Juno is never hesitant to share its opinions, concerns. Um, it's kind of uh, you know it's it's known amongst other legislators how active Juno constituents are, and that's part of being the capital city. Uh, people come to understand you can call us, ask us for help, uh, share your opinion give you ideas for changes in statute that you think are necessary. And, uh, usually we have a good community turnout. Yeah.
0: Then there's a bigger gathering on January 17th,
1: January 17th, but that is a reception. And, um, you know, that's not really there so that you can bend the ear of a legislator with your concern. It's a meet and greet. It's a community reception. Juno, very, uh, again very proud to be the capital city and for decades has always had a community reception to welcome the legislature um, and give the opportunity for people in the community to come and meet legislators from all over the state there's always a beautiful spread of food and
0: really yes and what's
1: renowned to the legislators and their staff (laughs) is there's always a very generous community gift bag Designed around getting legislators out and about in our community. So there's usually, you know donated tickets to see Perseverance Theater, the symph- symphony, uh, a pass to Eagle Crest. Uh, nice. You know, sports schedules, do, do, gift Do they really
0: need this uh, gift bag? I mean, they do have a per diem of $307 a day. <laughs> they
1: do, but <laughs> I to, but to get people into. out to see what your community has. You know, to remind people you're in a different part of Alaska. You know, you mentioned you haven't even been up to the ski area. So if you don't say to people... Here's a low investment way, go try a ski area that you don't have to drive an hour to get to, that it's, you know, 20 minutes away, community owned ski area. It's a way to get people comfortable living in the community city, the you know, capital city. And I think that's a good thing.
0: I guess they're all arriving this week, probably, right? Most Settling of them are
1: Absolutely. Especially the new people who um, haven't been here before or need to settle into an apartment for the first time. If you're a uh, returning legislator who's, you know, we have legislators who've been in the Senate for 20 and 30 years. They're probably not arriving until Sunday or Monday. Swearing-in ceremony is Tuesday. So everybody will be here by Monday because you don't, you know, weather, you don't want to, you couldn't uh, arrive on Tuesday morning and guarantee that you could make it to the swearing-in ceremony. That would be
0: embarrassing. And that
1: would be embarrassing. So I think even the most veteran of legislators will be here by Monday. But most folks have arrived, are, are arriving this week.
0: I submitted my uh, press credential application. I'm very excited about that. So I'll see you on the floor. Excellent. Well, before we close, uh, you have a very exciting pre-filed bill, H-7.
1: Yeah, House Bill 7 is, uh, you know, most most ideas for statute reforms come from constituents. You know, someone comes across an area. Um, and then the other thing you say or, you know, a legislator prior to you may have had this idea. Someone brought it to them and it didn't get passed. And so um, it's it's a recycled bill this is this is one of those um, office of administering hearing judges so separate from the court system handling criminal and civil cases within Alaska Statute. starting in 2004, we created administrative hearing judges. So those are judges that work hearing complaints and concerns within state agencies about state agency action. Um, in 2004, Governor Murkowski was the governor. Um, Senator Terry of North Pole was the prime sponsor of the legislation. Many states have administering, administrative hearing judges to take care of state agency legal challenges. Um, And that was created. Through the years, the folks who work in that, the judges have said, here's some tweaks we need to make to the law that could make it more efficient, or here's some hurdles we've seen. And starting in 2008, or 2018, there was a bill drafted to make those reforms. It never made it across the finish line. um, And Last year, a couple of those now retired administrative hearing judges who live here in Juneau approached me and said, "Would you be interested in sponsoring this bill?" And the more I looked into it, it's you know, it's it's a cleanup of a statute to make it more efficient and uh, serve the purpose better of not putting that kind of stuff that does not have to go to state court. Um, it's a good efficiency to have administrative decisions be able to be adjudicated without having to get in the line in the civil court process because our courts are burdened with a backlog and criminal process takes the priority. Um, but you know, there, there are tweaks to existing statute. It's not a new creation. Um, one of the examples is when it was created, the statute required that an administrative hearing judge doing tax hearings had to have experience only in this jurisdiction, i.e. Alaska. And the suggestion is that we allow uh, administrative hearing judges experience if they've done tax evaluation in other jurisdictions that still would be pertinent. They've got to understand Alaska's tax law, but Excluding that, um, you know, and I don't know why it was excluded previously, but that would be one of the changes to allow that experience from other jurisdictions to count for them to be qualified to be an administri- administrative hearing judge in Alaska on tax issues. So it's not a very glamorous, it's not a very uh, divisive politically, it's, it's an efficiency for an agency that already exists.
0: Very good, thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it, this is a business where you learn daily and you learn about things that you didn't know anything about.
0: <laughs> Well, it's been a very educational experience for myself, I'm sure, for the listeners, too, today, having Sarah Hannon on. Thank you. Ken, it was a pleasure to meet you. I look forward to working with you. And like we said, town hall
1: tonight, community reception next Tuesday. Hope to see you out and about and maybe on the slopes of Eaglecrest.
0: <laughs> very good. You've been listening to Action Line. Coming up, ABC News. Then, Problem Corner. Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. K-I-N-Y.